Welcome to Fierce Fit Feminine and Other F-Words. I'm Christine Brunelli, and I help women unstuck themselves. Today, we're talking about bulimia, and we're hearing from my guest, Dordalise Perez, who is being so open, real, raw, and transparent with you that you are going to be blown away at the 15-minute mark. Stick with her. She shares her awareness, her recovery, and now how she's helping women as she's landed on the other side. Let's get started. Welcome, Dordalise, to Fierce Fit Feminine and Other F-Words. I'm so excited to have you here and for you to share your story. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So excited. So take us on a journey. Tell us us what happened. You struggled with bulimia. When did it start? What happened? Tell us a little bit about that. Well... Let me let me take you to the beginning. Of course, after after you you have been eight years um, bulimic, then you started like questioning what happened in my life that got me here. You know, um, just trying to get out of it. So you start thinking. So when I was little, a little, I remember that every time I do something good or maybe have good grades or whatever, uh, they always reward me with food. Like, oh, let's go to eat. You have, you got an A. Yay. So it's your birthday. Let's go to eat. Yay. So then every time I do something that I was not supposed to do, they, um, they, they say, okay, you don't, you're not going to have any dessert today or whatever. So it just started like that. Like those little things that you think is you're, you're disciplining your child, but then it actually like, gave me something um, to feel bad around food. You know, Mm -hmm. if I don't do this well, like I will not get my reward or whatever. So when I started, I was all my life, I was very heavy and and I'm going to say heavy. I'm a Latina. So I am big bone, very, (laughs) very tall and hips and, you know, so So I was I was very big all my life. Since I was 10 years old, I started in Weight Watcher because usually I was the biggest one in my school, the biggest biggest one in my family, in both sides of my family. So so I know this diet culture all my life. So I had a kid very young, like I was 19 when I knew I was gonna have my baby boy. And I have it. I had it. I had Ricardo. That's my boy. And I had 90 more pounds that I was supposed to have because of my pregnancy. So I decided to start a diet. And I remember that my brother was doing Atkins at the time. It was, I think it was 2002. It was very, very, um, uh, hip that diet everyone is doing Atkins and you know so I started doing that diet and I dropped like a hundred pounds in like seven months or something like that I was very very strict with the diet only protein nothing carbs and whatever and then one day it just stopped working it just stopped. I don't know. Everybody's different. Um, mine, it just stopped working and it doesn't matter if I eat, um, only chicken or ham or, or any protein. I just started getting weight, a lot of weight. So I panic. 
And I remember one time I was with my cousin and they were talking about taking pills to go to, to, to the bathroom. So, mm. um, lax- laxative, I think. Yeah. That's the name, right? Yeah. In English. Yeah. So I started doing that every time I think I ate something that I should not, I took a laxative and it started like building up, building up. So I was afraid to get all my weight again because I have dropped like a hundred pounds. So I, I thought I was looking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, it started like that. And then I, I, I really, really, really don't remember the first time I did it. But I know that in, at one time um, I ate something that I was, I was, I was too ashamed. I think it was like two, two, um, two combinations or something, you know, and then I feel so bad that I threw up mm-hmm. and it was very difficult at the first time because, you know, no one's, no one liked to throw up, to throw <laughs> up. It's uncomfortable. You feel the pressure in your, in your, in your face. And it was, it's so uncomfortable. And, uh, it started like that just one time, then two times a week, then three times a week. And there was, then it was every day, two or three times a day. And I remember that I've been in all kinds of doctors. I remember telling my mom it was, it was a very difficult moment because and I know, I know I was, I was doing some, imagine, well, you, you know, <laughs> you have a kid and she told you that she's bulimic and you don't know what to do, yes. actually. And, and I, I was that child telling my mom that I was bulimic. And how old were you? I was... I, I was old. I had a son. I was like 21, 22. Okay. And so I was supposed to have my thing together. You know, I was, I had my full-time job, very good job. I was doing my master's degree. I had my son. I was living by myself with my kid. I think that everything started because there were too many changes going on going at the same time, I didn't know how to handle everything. So I decided to keep everything um, in control by my, my food, you know. And um, when, I, when I started, I knew that I needed help, but I didn't want to take any, any pills. I was against it because my mom, since I have memory, she has like a, like a, I don't know how to say that. It's like a bowl of pills and pills and pills that she take every day. Yes. I remember that I, I had to help her sort. This is AM. This is PM. This is uh, with food. This is, and I was like, why do you have to take so many pills? And she always tell me, I have a blood pressure. I have diabetes. I have a thyro, thyro, thyroid. Thyroid, yes. Thyroid. Uh, she has a, a lot of things. And I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I want my body to function the way it's supposed to. Yes. But in that, in that transition, I started to take in different kinds of pills. So my anxiety goes 
you know, in a better level <laughs> and because I was always so energetic and, and I want to do things my way. I know I was a little bit, um, my character, it was, I was always angry. <laughs> okay. You know, and because I was very explosive and I didn't have control of my emotions and if something bothered me, I always like spit it out and, you know, sometimes you can hurt people that way. Um, sure. um, yeah. And it happens, of course, I was always hungry, but I didn't feel the hunger, you know. And I, I um, in the course of the years, I started looking for help. I went to psychiatrists, to psychologists. I don't know if you know, but here in Puerto Rico, we don't have a, a place you can go to treat eating disorders. We don't. Wow. And I know that is something that, Puerto Rico, it's really, 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 well, we need that. We don't have places like in U.S. that you can go and be there 24-7 and they'll help you what you should eat, what you should do. They monitor you. We don't have that here. Mm-hmm. And and it was very difficult for me because I, I didn't know what to do or where to go. So um, I, I, even, I even enrolled on Alcoholical uh, Anonymous I don't know how to say that in English. Uh, Alcoholicos Anonymous. I don't know. The the ones that, that um, have a lot of, they have problem with the drinking problems. Alcoholics Anonymous. Yes. Yeah. Alcoholic Anonymous. They have a, a, a book that is just like seven levels of something you you work through your, your through your, Addiction or whatever. Addiction or whatever. So that's that's the only thing I have here. So I went there and started reading this book, the Alcoholic Anonymous book. And I started the process with that. Then I I found an overeating anonymous group. And then, well, I'm going to roll in that too to see. You know, I was looking what what I can do to get out of this. Because it was, it was something, I know I am intelligent woman. <laughs> I know I'm a powerful woman and I'm a leader and I, I'm a lot of things. But when I was submerged in that, I didn't know how to get out of it. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I question myself, how can you be so intelligent and so, um, so successful in a lot of things and you cannot get out of something that should be so simple. And I know this is of obviously was uh, more um, mental than anything else. And, and I started like looking for, for answers. So I enroll in life coaching. So I'm a life coach. Okay. <laughs> I enroll in neuro-linguistics classes. So I took that course too. I, I just enrolled in everything I could. So I tried to learn how, how my mind works so I can get out of it. Yes. And when it did really start feeling like less heavy was when I started talking about it mm-hmm. in, 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 in a group, you know, I decided with all my fears because no one, no one is going to be proud of talking about an eating disorder. <laughs> believe right. me. It brings you shame, of course, because, oh, my God, this person cannot control this um, 
what what other people will think about you. Um, I decided to call my, I remember my science teacher in high school. Because I remember that one time in high school, we talked about this, about eating disorders. Wow. And there's a specific class, I don't know if you have, have that in the U.S., that it calls, in Puerto Rico, it's called salud, like health. Yes. And we talk about a lot of things. And I remember they talk about eating disorders. So I call her, I contact her and told her, you know, um, yeah, his name is Rosa. Rosa, um, I have in this and I want to, to talk about it. Uh, I have this problem and I think if I, w- I can help other, um, uh, other young people to get over it and to know that I'm a normal person like everyone and I have it. It's not something that it's specific to someone, specific gender, specific um, social environment or whatever. It can happen to anyone. So she told me, oh, of course, come. And I started doing that every year. I started talking about my story, even though I was still a bulimic. Mm. Even though I was still a bulimic, I didn't tell anyone that I was still a bulimic. But I started, I started telling my story, what I do, how many, how many meals uh, I ate uh, uh, at the time, how bad I felt what I have accomplished in life. And I start talking about my story. And then one year, I remember it was October 19, 2010. I almost, I felt my heart stopping. I don't know. I don't know if, if you can understand <laughs> what I'm telling you, but I was like talking like this to you. And, and I started feeling my heart. The heartbeat? The, the heart, the heartbeats. I started like feel, feeling that the heartbeat was every time less strong. Okay. That's scary. Yeah, it was so scary, Christine. You have no idea. I remember that I, I was in a place that were, they were giving a speech or something. And, and, I, and I, I just jumped off my seat and I said, something is happening to me. And people start saying, that is are you okay? You're getting white. I was like feeling like I was going to fall and, and, and I start breathing and I was start telling anyone I need help. I need to go to the hospital. I need help. And then I remember I w- I'm going to start crying. Sorry. Mm. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. <sighs> sorry. It's like, I'm, I'm there again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I'm so grateful of my body, even though I treat my body so bad. Mm. So I remember I was going my way to the hospital. My boyfriend at that time was, um, was getting me there. And I remember just screaming in the top of my lungs, like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Please help me. I promised you I would never do this again. I don't want to die. I was just screaming. 
because I know if I stopped screaming, I would, I would go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go. <laughs> so it, it was so, so, so scary. I got to the hospital and I don't know um, if you know, but I was, my potassium, I didn't have any potassium in my body. Oh my. So my electrolytes yes. were not, it's not there. So all my body was suffering from, a, um, uh, I don't know how to say this in English. I'm sorry. Calambre is like when the muscles um, contract, cramp. Yes. Cramping. Yes. My whole body. I'm telling you from my neck to my feet, they're all cramped at the same time. Yes. And I thought I was like, I would thought I was, my, my hands, my fingers, it all hurt so much. I, I thought I really was going to die. So I get to the hospital and they all saw me and they start like, I remember it was like a Grey's Anatomy scene that everyone goes out and take me in a, in a, in a cart and they just started like doing uh, massages on me. Yeah. One, yes. one, uh, one doctor was trying to put my, my, my IV and uh, like three more were doing massages all over my body. So they, my, my body can relax again and get back to normal. And I remember it, I was there like, I don't know, 10 hours and everyone told me, go back to sleep, don't worry. And I didn't want to close my eyes because I thought I would never open them again. Yeah. And <laughs> it was so scary. And one, I, I remember one of them came to me and told me, why are you, your eyes so big? <laughs> like, calm yourself. And I was, I don't want them to close. <laughs> I was so, it was so, so, so scary. Is it okay um, if I interrupt you right here? Yeah. Okay. Jordalise, you have shared some, oh my gosh, this story is so important to be shared. And I'm so glad that you said you didn't start healing until you started speaking about it. And, you know, what you're describing right now, if you have low potassium, so your heart, if you low potassium for my listeners, it's called hypokalemia. And hypokalemia, you need potassium in your blood. It, the sodium potassium pump keeps your heart pumping. So you mm-hmm. don't have potassium, your heart's going to slow down, but your muscles cramp. There are so many different reasons for low potassium. But if you are purging your food, of course, your body doesn't have time to absorb any of it. It needs to sit in your intestinal tract to be taken up in absorption. So you were eating and purging the food before your body had a chance to absorb any nutrients, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When I want to go back in your story mm-hmm. before we get into, you know, this is a pivotal moment. You're afraid you're going to die. So I don't mm-hmm. want to leave that, but I want to go back before we get too far. And I want, if you could share, if, if I have a listener right now that's saying, I'm not struggling with binging and purging or bulimia, but I might have a daughter who is. What should she be looking out for if she's a mom that has a child that could potentially be doing this? What are some th- what are some habits that they might want to look out for? Okay, of course I've I've struggled of it, so I can I can devise 
a mile the person that I know is struggling with this kind of disorder or I can see it right away. But uh, I will say, I will say um, just look out if they're not eating in the family meeting or in the birthday, because usually when you do this, you're doing it on your own. Mm. So if you are in a family gathering on a birthday and you see that everyone is eating, but you, but your daughter is, is not, maybe she's waiting for the moment to be alone to do it mm-hmm. because they feel shameful to do it in front of people. Usually when you do this, you don't, you don't have a pause. You start eating and eating and eating and eating and eating. And it's, it doesn't look pretty. So I will say just if you have any, any kind of doubt that someone is in your family is uh, having this kind of issue, just, just see this kind of habits. If they don't, they decide not to eat now. I, I will eat eight later when everyone is gone or whatever. That's one. Second, uh, I would say the mood swings. Uh, I was, I was very, very moody. Mm. I was very explosive in my in my emotion, and I was not like that, you know. So it's it's like if she's always like that, well, you're like okay, it's common. But if she's not like that, and she has this kind of moody yeah. uh, things, yeah. that is also something you should like check on. And of course, uh, what really triggers me, or what did really triggers me, was that there were too many changes in my life at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the, the, the ability to control them. Yes. That's something. And not because they're going to have an eating disorder because of it, but maybe any other, because I think eating disorder is, it was my addiction, but of course it can be, it can be uh, alcohol. It can be smoke, smoking. It can be drugs. It can be sex. It can be anything. Yes. So when you know that you, you have a high school, well, you have a, a, an, uh, a college uh, girl now, but you know that they're going to start doing a lot of changes all of a sudden uh, this can be a trigger for anything. So my daughter, when she developed anorexia, it started with a breakup from a boyfriend and, and me hitting pause on a marriage and moving out of the family home. Same exact thing. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Everything felt like it was spinning out of control. And the only thing she said Mm -hmm. to me in recovery, the only thing she could control was food. Mm-hmm. And that's how she managed it. So eating disorders, almost none of them have anything to do with what you look like. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a source of control. Would you agree with that? Yeah, of course, mm-hmm. of control. And I know, uh, I'm going to say this to you, Christine, but this is something that is never ends. Yes, that's true. It never ends. It's not that I cannot control. You should control what you eat. And of course, you don't want to eat everything you have in front of you because you want to keep your health, health uh, your person healthy. But the control that you need to have to understand whatever happens to you in life, how to engage on 
a conversation that is going to be very emotional. That's gonna That's going to be a trigger. Yes. Um, how to, how to face, um, a new job that can be a trigger. So you really, really, it's what I tell my, my, my divas. I call my, the people that, that do my exercise and whatever, I call them divas. And that's, I that. I'm, I, yeah, I, I always tell them it's not about what you eat. It's not about, it's about your emotions of mm-hmm. whatever you're feeling in that moment. And if you don't have the, the mature, maturity of controlling that emotion and how to react is always going to be a problem. Always. Yes. We have to become a master of managing our emotions and stress and all of those things so that we don't go back to the crutch that we go to. And that crutch, Mm -hmm. you said this, that crutch can be anything. And in your case, it was binging and purging, right? Mm -hmm. So Thank you for sharing some of those signs because I think it's important. I had this happen right under my nose with my daughter, but I was in my own disordered eating, right? I was on my own journey. And so Uh I was messed up and didn't even pay attention. So it can happen right under your nose and you don't even know Uh it. And I am now a mouthpiece for I'm out here telling moms, heads Uh up, pay attention. So you are not living at home. You're in your twenties. You have a beautiful son. You're Mm -hmm. still struggling with bulimia, but you're searching for help, getting certified and licensed in everything you can because (laughs) you're trying to learn what the heck is going on with me. Mm -hmm. I want to be here. And now it sounds like take, we're going forward again. You're in the hospital scared to death because your potassium is non-detectable in your body. And Mm -hmm. so your heart is slowing down, which your heart needs potassium. And you're screaming and your eyes are bugging out because you're afraid, you're truly scared to death that if you stop, you know, using your voice and keeping your eyes open that you won't wake up. So your will to live is strong, (laughs) right? You're a fighter. I can already hear that you are just a fighter. What happens next? What did, did you come out of this in kind of a form of recovery? What was the next? Okay. Well, this was the breaking point because uh, my recovery started like before. Like, okay, let me let me explain that. I don't know if I, I explained correctly. This was my lowest point. Yes. But I don't know if um if, if someone have told you that, but you always like every Monday you start a new diet, you know? <laughs> like, okay, this time I'm gonna do it correctly. Okay. This this next Monday I'm gonna start again. Okay, next Monday, and that you keep going, keep going, and it, it passes a whole year, and you every Monday, Monday, at starting a new way of life. But imagine that I, I've I started, I was for eight years bulimic, and like for six, six years, in the sixth year, I started like, okay, this month, I'm gonna do this. Uh, it didn't happen. So, but but that's that's part of the recovery. Like you're willing to do something about it. And, and obviously it's not going to happen one day to another. But then when, ha- when this event happened, the, the 19th of October, 2020, 2010, that was my lowest. That was, okay, if I don't do the correct thing right now, I'm going to have, I'm not going to have a second opportunity because <laughs> yeah. I felt it, you know, I felt it. So that time I, I started, of course, my mom was very scared. They, they, 
took me to the to an specialist. I'm not gonna take any pills. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this as raw as I can. So it was the three months of hell. <laughs> and that's the name. Oh, wow. It was, it was. I cannot explain. I think that is something that maybe drug addicts can relate. Mm-hmm. Because you know, when you, you try to to get up your addiction, and and I had panic attacks and I have an anxiety that I didn't want to be left alone. I didn't want to go to sleep because I thought it, I would I would die in my sleep. I started like walking around my house all every day from one place to another because I cannot be still. I cannot, I didn't want, I didn't want to feel my heart because I was afraid. I can felt that it was slowing down. Mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> and uh, it was, and then the thing that I think that most people don't understand is if you are an alcoholic, you can avoid places where there are alcohol. If you're a smoker, you just try not to buy some smoking. If you're drug addict but if you have an addiction with food it's so difficult because you need to eat every day yes <laughs> so how can i and then you're struggling with control because you're a control freak so you need to let that go too so it's like okay what should i do to keep my my recovery but but having this relationship with food because you have to eat and then keeping the food inside your body and feeling comfortable with it. It was, it was like, okay, I'm going to have, if, if I'm an alcoholic, I'm going to have a drink and that's it. I'm going to be comfortable with it. it. It was very, very difficult. So I started like meals that were, were very, very um, little. It was very hard for me because I had to do peace that I was going to gain weight again. And that was something very difficult, like seeing yourself in the middle mirror and seeing that you're gaining weight. And that's part of the process. Yes. And because of course I was not eating. I was not, I had a couple of food that I had a, like a mental peace with them. I can eat and stay down, but when I needed to start eating again, like healthy and foods and uh, meals, and then you see that you're starting to gain weight, a lot of things happen in your mind. Like, oh my God, I cannot do this. My, my, my clothes don't fit and everyone is going to start like telling me, and, and people started telling me, oh, you look a little bit, you have a more weight, right? And I was like, Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, the the conversation that people have with you, not everyone understands that anything, any word you say, it can cause something positive or something negative, you know. So in that time, I was trying to be by myself, trying not to have a lot of people that know that emotionally will drain me or make me feel uh, any kind of emotion that I cannot deal in that moment. So I was only working, getting, um, uh, studying and being by myself. 
I did that like for three months. And then I decided that I need something to do. I, I need something to, to do with my, with my anxiety because what I've learned uh, across the years is that I, I have a lot of anxiety issues. <laughs> and so I, I decided to start uh, running. And that's something that actually uh, helped me a lot. And of course, I was starting doing um, Taekwondo classes with my son because I want to do something with him so I can start like, you know, I have been eight years focusing my whole life to food and binging. And I think and I thought that I have, I have lost eight years of my kid growing up. Mm. So I feel so guilty. And I, I decided to start something that we can do together. And that's how it started uh, doing Taekwondo. And it really helps me a lot. And you teach too. that now. Yes, it that's was. It has, been, <laughs> it has been like a really crazy thing because I didn't thought in my life that I was going to be teaching Taekwondo right now. I'm going, I was never, never in my life. But I, I, I've learned the passion of the Taekwondo, the structure, the structure, the moral values of it, of being respectful to you and others, to be to have the courtesy of 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 having um, thinking of other people and their well being, and, and I love all of the martial arts uh, philosophy behind behind it. And after eleven years, I'm still doing it. <laughs> so exercise, it sounds to me, you exercise has helped pull you through yeah that's my medicine every day okay every day okay and wanting to be a good role model for your son right it's it's that's the other piece I'm sure plays a role in you said I want to go back to that I missed eight years because you were so Mm -hmm. consumed with the bulimia Mm -hmm. and what a great testimony to hear how exercise can change people. And I will say running, I can't run it. Well, I can run, but I can't run the way I used to because I had a knee surgery and all of these things. Mm-hmm. But running, it, even if it's just a hard walk, it does mm-hmm. change. That endorphin release, it helps. I, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're listening and you're like, I have anxiety, I have an eating disorder, I have a lot in my head, I can't clear my mind, get out there, get outside, go somewhere, just get your heart rate up, do something hard, physically hard. It changes your brain chemistry so that you can handle exactly what Doralise is, is explaining. She just found something that helped unlock all this anxiety, right? It's a help mm-hmm. management tool, really. Yeah. And I don't, and I didn't, I didn't take any, any pills. I'm not saying that it's not, it's not, it's, you, don't, you don't have to do it. Yes. If you, if you need to, of course. Yes. But but I realized that I needed to teach my body. My body can function the way it, it is. You know, sometimes you need something, of course, because not everyone is the same. Not everyone has the same body. But I knew that my body can can work by itself. If I if I properly nurture my body, if I if I train my body, if I give my body the health it needs to work as it's supposed to, I know it will, but it really took me, I, it took me, Christine, five years. Mm. 
So it's not definitely not overnight. It's not overnight. It's not. And how can I expect my body to be perfect in in, in three months when I have been eight years doing him wrong? You know, it was patience which sometimes I don't have, but anyone has, (laughs) but it's true. You need patience, you need patience and trust the process and trust that you, whatever you're doing is, is going to work at the end. And one day, one of of the sudden you're going to wake up and you're going to see yourself and you're going to say, I did it. Yes. Yes. And you, you also partnered with people reaching out to your science teachers. I mean, you put yourself out there. So, I mean, really, if you, if you're, if you have a daughter, that's different. She's probably high school kids hide this stuff. They usually won't. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But you were a mom, you were a young mom, you knew you needed help and you went out and looked for it. And that was not Mm -hmm. easy. You had to, you had to exhibit bravery to do that. I'm sure you felt scared to death. Mm -hmm. you taught us this in high school. I'm struggling with it. I need to talk about it. And just that step right there, just getting, finding someone to partner with you, just to listen Mm -hmm. is huge. I mean, that for you, I mean, that just speaks to the kind of person you are. You are truly a fighter. You didn't want (laughs) what was going on and you didn't give up. You were like, nope, I'm going to take this on and I'm going to let my body find its natural balance and let it Mm -hmm. be perfect the way it is in its in its own wholeness so I love this story you just (laughs) it's so encouraging to me because you know my daughter is only four years post recovery from anorexia you said this it is lifelong it is lifelong I was told by her professional care team she will struggle with this her entire life anything Mm -hmm. that comes up that's a trigger could send Mm -hmm. back into it and that is true for any addiction it's not Mm -hmm. just an addiction to starvation or an addiction to binging or an addiction to drugs or alcohol or whatever, we have to learn to master these Mm -hmm. these stress managers. And you did it with exercise and accountability. And I love it. So tell my listeners now, you live in Puerto Rico and you are training women only divas. You call them. I love it. Um, I would love for you to share a little bit um, how, my listeners could find you, follow you, connect with you. And I think there's something coming up in early 2022. You have a yes. coming up. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, of course. Of course. Well, um, of course, I'm from Puerto Rico. Um, I'm a Latina. So if any Latina is around here, just follow me up. I do speak English. I struggle if if you can see, but I do, <laughs> uh, but my, but I speak Spanish. So my course is in Spanish, but I hope because I really, really, really think that I need to take this message further wow. because this, this, what I do, what I started doing this year, I'm going to launch on 2022. It's not only to do exercise and a fitness program that you usually see, it's, it comes with the mental fitness too, because you need to be mentally prepared for whatever you're going to see in the mirror, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you are you my have Span- to- you're my Spanish partner. You're in Spanish. <laughs> I'm doing a similar thing in English because this is what I, this is what I love. Mindset and our yes. beliefs. We have to shift our beliefs and our energy mm-hmm. and what we believe to get healthy. If you can do all the exercise in the world, 
But if mm-hmm. you don't believe, if you believe wrong, if you believe negative about yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you're you're not going to find what you want. You're not going to land in health. I love it. You're like my yes. Partner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can point it out if you want. <laughs> the thing is, I teach some defense class in women. I teach that too. I, I visit oh, I different that. houses, oh, and I and I and I teach a lot of uh, pe- uh, girls that have been in 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 houses that has been violent houses, and I teach them how to defend themselves. But I always tell them, I can teach. I can teach you defend yourself with one finger. One finger. But if you don't feel comfortable in your mind, if you don't feel secure in your body, you will not do anything. So the first thing you need is confidence. And it's not that every day you're going to feel confidence because I don't wake up every day feeling super confident. I don't know about about you. But it's that you need to understand that you are enough. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't matter how you look in the mirror because we always look with a judgment eye. You need to feel so proud of your body and what it can do so you can understand that your body can do whatever you tell him to do. I don't know if you get it. Yes. But it, it, sometimes I have a lot of girls that I cannot do that. It's too difficult for me. It's It's too much. I'm old. And I'm like, Girl, I'm not telling you that you're going to go to the floor and do 30, 40 burpees in the same. I started doing push-up in the wall because I, I couldn't go to the floor. It, it's just starting somewhere you feel comfortable for your body. And then you're going to feel confident that you can do something about it. And then you're going to start doing something else. Love it. You see, and um, that's what I teach in my course. It's not only not only you're gonna do exercise with me, and of course the the videos of the videos that I do is 10, 15 minutes because I know if I tell them you're gonna be an hour doing exercise, they're not gonna do it. You know, life, <laughs> <laughs> mom's life. Nice. So, 10, 15 minutes every day, different type of videos that you do, and on top of that, every week we learn something new things that will help you make this life sustainable i love it well if you want to follow dordalise on instagram it's d o r i l i z underscore diva athletic she i will put that in the show notes so you'll be able to find her and she does speak in Spanish. She does post in Spanish, but you can always hit translate because her energy, I don't know if you can feel it, but <laughs> her energy is is palpable when she speaks about, she's so passionate and you are, you're so passionate. And I love that about you because you have experienced extreme lows. You had a pivotal turning point and had a, a wake up call of, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, I can't be this way anymore. And catapulted yourself into not only changing and evolving into a better you, but now you're helping other women do it. And that is what I'm all about. And that's what this podcast is all about. I'm so grateful for you being here. Is there anything you would like to leave the listeners with before we end this episode? Yes, I will only say what I say every time I do exercise, every time I go live, I always tell my girls, my divas, give it 
all. If it's only five minutes, ten minutes, if you give your all, in Spanish is dalo todo, give your all in everything you do and you always gonna see progress. You'll see. Yes, I love yes. it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Christine. Wow. Did I tell you? She's incredible. She speaks from such a real, authentic, raw place. But she's so positive and energetic. I love that about her. If we did not live on opposite sides of the map, I'm positive we would be hanging out on the daily. (laughs) I really appreciate her message. And if you resonated, if you liked what she had to share, you can find Dordalise on Instagram. I'll give you the information in show notes, but if you're too impatient, you want to know where to find her right now. Dordalise underscore Diva Athletic. And let me give you the spelling. D as in Diva, O-R-I-L-I-Z underscore Diva Athletic. You can find her on Instagram. She does do a lot of her posts in Spanish, but you can always translate. Some of them are in English. She's incredible. And she has a course launching in 2022 that is going to help women get their fit on, get their mindset on, and overall improve their life. She is someone you definitely want to hang out with if she inspired you in this episode. Thank you so much for being here today. If you liked this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so that you get notified the next time a new episode releases. And until next time, have a fierce, fit, feminine, and fabulous day.